0: this morning. let you glory <laughs> one day I was sitting in my office and I was praying Lord touch me Lord change me and I felt the Holy Spirit enter that room begin to sing this right then. It was for the very first time, and I just feel like that very first time once again. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill this place, place. mighty God. Come and fill this holy temple Consuming firefall Let your glory fill this place Mighty God Would you sing that with me? Let your glory fill this place
1: Let your glory fill this place let your glory
0: fill this place, mighty God. Come and fill your holy temple, consuming firefall. Consuming. Let your glory fill this place, mighty God. In your presence, Lord.
2: Welcome Gary back last week, but I'm telling you, I'm glad he's back. Are you? He does so wonderful. Just takes us into the presence of the Lord. We really did miss you, Gary. We tried to act like we didn't, but we were teasing you. <laughs> but we love him, and he leads us this in such beautiful worship. You know, we, we had the most wonderful Sunday school class. The Spirit of the Lord just came down and We cried and prayed and worshiped the Lord, and then we came in here, and Gary's just singing this song, Just Lift Your Spirits. I'll tell you, this is food for the spirit man. Sunday in church and all the times we have church, it's feeding the spirit man, and we need that, don't we? And uh, I can't hardly see you, but I know you're out there. I don't know what the lights are so low for, I can't see anybody, but I guess that's what they want, so I will just go ahead, I shouldn't have said that probably, but I want to thank you for being here, and we had such a wonderful time of prayer this week, and fasting, we, this is closing our time of fasting, the 21 days, and we had prayer last night, it was so holy in this place. Do you feel a good spirit this morning in here? That's the holiness of God. We were here last night and all through the day people came and prayed. And we've been drawn closer to God. And we thank God for his presence today and for you being here. Thank you for coming. We want you to just remember service tonight. And we want to welcome you. And if you're new and visiting with us, you're special. And we want to say welcome today. And when you get out to shake hands because of the flu season, if you don't want to, you don't have to shake hands, just pat somebody on their shoulder and say, good to see you. You know, that is true because we've had, we've had couples in our Sunday school class that have been out four Sundays because they have the flu. It's bad. So we don't want to pass it along. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have to shake hands, but you can if you want to. But, you know, just use a little common sense and pat somebody on the back and say, hello, good to see you and get out and greet people. Can you do that smile? That'll help a lot when you greet people today. So let's get out and see, see people and say hello and wish them a God bless you.
0: has to flee. Mm, yeah, yeah, I take the authority my father has Satan's friends of Satan's power cannot sustain. Not when I speak in his name, when I speak in the name i okay.
1: has to flee.
0: probably not quite that long, probably about 24, because Ray was already here. And this church had been a mess. And God said, man, W.D. Watkins, he was a crazy man. He was a wild man. And we loved it. And he started preaching one night. He come in, man, the church was just, I don't know. We were down. I mean, maybe a couple hundred people, maybe less. And he began to preach. He had not been here just a few weeks. He began to preach on the authority. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that night, he started in the altar, and he says, Satan, I cast you to the north. I cast you to the south. I cast you to the east. I cast you to the west. Ooh, and I felt something hit me. The next thing I know, he's standing out in the middle of the street in front of the church and he says, Satan, I cast you to the north. (laughs) I cast you to the south. I cast you to the east and to the west. And he says, you leave this church alone because we take the authority. Woo! And right then... I went to my keyboard, I never thought of any of this before and I said, I take the authority my Father has given me to cast down Satan's principalities. Satan's power cannot sustain I speak in your name When I speak in the name of Jesus
1: in the name of Jesus in the name of
0: Jesus Satan has to flee we'll give him praise right here. with your majesty Fall to my knees. I love you endlessly. With the beauty of your son, I find myself undone. I love you endlessly. Praise you, Lord. Glorify your name this morning. Savior of my soul. Before I knew I love you. you love me you love me. Now I give it to you We praise you Lord the Splendor of a king
3: pastoral staff to come forward in the altar for prayer, the prayer warriors that come as well. We want you to always feel comfortable to come down uh, into the altar for prayer time. But we have several different needs that we need to mention. We don't always, our prayer list is not always you know shared from the pulpit. We trust you to take your bulletin and to take that home and pray over the week. But a couple of situations, we really need desperate prayer for today. Family in our church, Tanya Meinhier. She, her family's here today, and they come very regularly. They're here with us. Part of our church, she, they called the other day, and, and her 36-year-old son passed away, leaving a nine-year-old son and, and, a, and a beautiful little wife that um, just as devastated, not expected, very sudden. And their hearts are just absolutely broken. They're part of us, Bible talks about that he carries our griefs and our sorrows. How many of you know we are the body of Christ? These folks are are hurting. Grandma is here today, and and we want to bless them and pray over them in in a special prayer. I'd like you to join me with that. But also, Sheila McKinney got in touch with me right before church, and she is just in a desperate state of, of pain from surgery that she's had, and she was asking that the church would please remember her So I want us to pray for her as well. And how many of you have an unspoken need? You say, Pastor, I'm not going to come down forward necessarily, but I I need prayer today. We're going to pray right now. Would you reach over and make a point of contact with someone that's standing by you? And let's just agree right now that God will touch these needs and minister. I believe in the power of agreement. And as we pray today, I'm believing that God is going to touch and minister to the needs. Let's pray together. Father, as we come. We ask you to minister now before we go into this altar time that you'll minister specifically to Tanya's family. Minister, God, to to the hurting heart and comfort them, strengthen them, and be with them. Lord, you know the pain and the suffering that we go through in this life as was reflected in your own suffering. We ask you, Lord, that you will touch them that the Holy Spirit will just comfort and strengthen them, especially through the difficult days that lie ahead. We just ask in Jesus' name for this to be done. Lord, to your glory and honor. When we cannot trace your hand, Lord, we trust your heart. And we know that you are a good God. And you'll work all things out for the good of your people. And I thank you for this today. We pray for Sheila. We lift her up, God, and ask your will and work to be done in her life touch her with a healing touch for we believe in the blood that was spilled at Calvary for our healing and we believe God for every hand as well that was lifted up this morning that you will touch and mightily prove yourself powerful on behalf of your people. minister strength to them and touch them by the power of your Holy Spirit. Let your work be done. let your presence God be a comfort and a strength to those who need you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, our present help in the time of trouble our mighty hand of provision and deliverance. We give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you thanks. We ask it not in the name of any man, not in the name of any person. We ask in the name that is above every name, the name of the one and only living Son of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody together said amen, and we give the Lord great praise this morning. Hallelujah.
0: The splendor of a key, clothed in majesty lightning at the end beginning and he wraps himself in light darkness tries to hide Trembles at His voice. Trembles at His voice. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? and see. How
1: great? How great?
0: Hey. i mm-hmm.
3: how many of you know this morning he's bigger than any problem you got that seemed to be that i think that was about half i said how many of you know that god is bigger than any problem that you've got amen amen power of the Lord is present in this place. He's here this morning in great measure, and I believe that if you have faith, I believe that if you would dare to just believe this morning that God would meet you right where you're standing, that you can leave out of this place saying, Oh, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great is our God all will see how great how great
1: is our god
3: he's higher than any mountain he's lower than any valley his blood flows into every situation doesn't matter how hard you might think it is how difficult you might think it is i believe that the power of god can heal you can provide for you can restore you, I believe the power of God can save that son or that daughter that you've been praying for, I want you to lift them up in prayer right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. How great is our God.
0: Sing with me, how great. How great. How great is our God how great how great
1: is our God sing with me how great how great is our God oh
3: see how great how
1: great
3: is our
1: God
3: Amen I want you to help me the Bible says, Clap your hands, all ye people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. How many of you believe He is here and He's heard our prayers? Amen. Yes! Hallelujah! Praise the Lord, praise God. Well, I believe you can tell we've been in fasting and we've been in prayer. Yesterday, over, over 100 people came out to be here at the church. Many others texted me, called me, told me they were praying at home. I'm telling you, things just are different when we pray. How many of you know that old, that old plaque says, prayer changes things? How many of you believe it? Say Amen. I added something quite a few years ago, it's not yet made it to the plaques in Gatlinburg, but it will. Prayer changes things, and then I added the line, without prayer, nothing changes. We believe in a God who hears us when we have positioned ourselves into a place where we are ready to receive. And that's what's been happening around here. I want you to turn and look at somebody and say, wow, it feels good in here today. amen amen and liz i prayed against the flu i prayed against it if you shook hands with somebody today i prayed a prayer that i just asked the lord to remove that germ from the building amen how you below that's a good prayer that's a good prayer all right god bless you you may be seated just for a moment Thank you for being here today. My goodness, we what a beautiful crowd. Where'd y'all come from? Where have y'all been? (laughs) We're gonna have to have prayer watches every weekend. People got up this morning and said, I will go to church. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Today we celebrate Sanctity of Life Sunday. Donna Acres. Attends our 8:30 service and she is one of the staff members and counselors over at the Crisis Pregnancy Center here in town. And she keeps us informed and, and sends us information quite often. Candace Keller, who is a spirit-filled, wonderful director at the Community Pregnancy Center, she, I, we keep in touch with her. And, and she keeps us abro- you know, abreast of all the different uh, needs that the crisis pregnancy has throughout the year. And you've been very good to help me in, in supporting them and, and Different times when they had the flood, we were a church, Candace told me that we, our church alone, gave a a greater donation to their community's pregnancy center trouble than any other church in the community, and I was proud of that. Thankful that God used us to do that. You're just, you care, and I love that about you. Today, in honor of Sanctity of Life, we are a pro-life church. I believe in eternal life. I knew I'd get an amen from somebody. I believe in pro-life, eternal life, and I believe in in human life, and I pray this morning that as these folks, you know, we we pay attention to it once a year, we bring attention to sanctity of life. And we pray and we help people throughout the year and, you know, there's been many folks who've come by and and they've needed that counsel in a moment of desperation. And we've tried to help them, but you know, the crisis the pregnancy center, they deal with it every day, all day, all night. It never stops. They're constantly saving the lives of little babies. And I know that sometimes, you know, it, it doesn't work out that way. And, and at times I've had people who've come to me and they've been very broken and they've said, Pastor, I've made some terrible mistakes in my life and I've made bad choices. And they, one lady said, Am I allowed to come to your church? You better believe it. You better believe it. The Bible says for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There ain't a one of us that stands any more holy or righteous than you do. When he is forgiven, he is forgiven. But I know that means there's healing needed and a heart that's been wounded and hurt. I want you to know not only do we fight to save babies, but we fight to save Moms and dads who have found themselves in these type of situations and, and perhaps have even hurtfully made the wrong choices. But we're here to help you. We don't we don't want to mark you. We want to help you. We want to help others. and We want to prevent. They say that there are more that are killed through abortion in our country than have been in all the wars combined. So we know this is an epidemic. This is something that is not pleasing in the sight of God. And it's our heart to pray and to be a part of making a difference. So today, in honor of sanctity of life, I would like for you to join me And as we normally would give our our missions offering. We would give that to world missions around the world, actually. Today, our mission is going to be Middletown. And I'm going to ask that you will help me in giving to the crisis pregnancy center here in town. Under the direction of Candace Keller, who we have great confidence in and we love very dearly, I want to thank all of you for coming out yesterday. I want to particularly thank—I know she don't like this—but I want to thank Sandra Birchwell for organizing and putting that. Didn't she do a wonderful job putting that together? It looks so beautiful in here, and and you know, and I, you know, Liz made the comment about the lights, you know. I've always been one of those people that when I'm praying and when I'm seeking the presence of the Lord, I like it to be more intimate and I like it like this myself. So I get all excited about this, but I know that others, you know, don't like that. So we'll have it up and down. We'll please you and then we'll please me. We'll do that. We want to we help everybody to feel comfortable and, and to be, to feel like they can worship But I thought it looked so beautiful. I asked Sandra if we could just leave the candles on the altar candles represent, uh, in my mind, a reverence to God. It's the one natural, natural thing, almost supernatural thing that is, that's working in this altar right now, which I want to connect with God, His power. And I, I just want you and I to, to, to be aware of, of what God's doing in our church. This morning is no accident. You don't come in here and just, you know, just because everybody's electrons are all working right so we have a good service. When you have bathed your problems in your heart and your mind in the presence of God, there's a, to quote Cameron, there's a seismic shift that takes place. And I believe what we're sensing and we're feeling today is people that have positioned themselves underneath the spout of God's glory, and that we're in a position this morning for him to bless, and you're going to leave here different than when you came. You're going to leave here different. So many things that God is wanting to do for us. I I see Brother and Sister Robinson back there. My heart was just broken for you all last Sunday. I'm so sorry. If you heard the news or if you saw the the fire in the parking lot, uh, their car uh, pretty much uh, exploded. Uh, I could have used it for a wonderful illustration on a sermon for hell, but um, uh, uh, my number one goal and thankfulness to God was that they were safe. I'm glad they were here when it happened at God's house because that was him looking out for them. But we're, we're sorry you had to go through that. I hope everything's working out. And If it isn't, let me know and give me their phone number. I'll be on it. We love you guys and we're glad you're safe. I know all the other things will work out. So thankful to Sister Hazel Roberson, who had a situation in the church last Sunday. I understand she's doing better. Good. Praise God. Wanted wanted to know that as well. And boy, we're so proud. I know I say it a lot, but Brian, man, your church is so proud. At midcourt, he's praying with his team. I mean, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. Twice he prayed. Both teams Ryan pulled them together and prayed for him. And I thought that is just such an amazing testimony to the ministry he has to our community. And, you know, the reason we keep, if you would just stop being a champion, if you'd just stop winning all the time, you know, we'd leave you alone. He puts his head down and almost hides. But we're proud of you. We're proud of Franklin. We're proud of Edgewood and Middletown and Carlisle. But we're proud of what they're doing this year. We're proud that last night they won the Fly Into the Hoop uh, tournament where, I mean, people... Teams come in from all over the country. The 27th highest ranked team in America, they beat them last night to take the number one position. And I just think that's awesome. I love it. I love to tell people. Coach Bales goes to our church. But we love you, man. We're proud of you. And Evan Crow as well, Grandma. She's out there. We love Evan and he boy he I heard he tore it up last night. Father, we come to you and ask you to continue to bless and favor the ministry of our people. I thank you for the work that perhaps at times silently that people do at the Community Pregnancy Center. The hours and the nights, the evenings they spend with people who are hurting helping them to make wise choices and to see their options when they feel like there are none. I pray that you will touch them and help us today to minister to their need. We thank you for the message. We thank you that, Lord, while we care and we do as a church, we will minister, and we've had opportunity to do that many times. But we're thankful, Lord, for an agency that is committed and dedicated under the banner of Jesus To reach into the hearts and lives of those who are hurting in our community. Lord, we want to support them today. I pray that you will bless Candace. Lead and direct the team. Thank you for Donna. Lord, let your work be accomplished through them. And we thank you, Lord, for every baby that is saved. We will never fail to give you the honor and the praise and the glory for it all. As we come today thanking you and praying in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. We'll go on and give him praise this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And you know, yesterday I, I had a message already prepared, and yesterday I was kneeling right here about quarter after six in the morning, and I was praying, and, and I was contemplating and thinking about all the problems of the world. I said, Lord, the church is supposed to be fixing things. The church is supposed to be the difference. The church is supposed to be your body around the world. God, I don't understand why there's so much confusion and there's so much trouble and rebellion and why the church is not making a difference. I said, oh, God, show me. I'm the pastor. Show me. Show me how I can make a difference right here. I I can't fix churches in D.C. I can't fix them in California, but I can fix one right here on the property. I can fix this one. It's my watch. I looked up and I said, give me the answer. Lord, we talked church growth and we talk conferences and we talk classes and we talk old time versus modern we talk lights we talk organs we talk guitars we talk preachers we talk speakers we talk styles and preferences God give me the answer you tell me I'm tired of trying all these other things to be the answer and I was praying and I was sincere and hungry before the Lord he changed my entire message for this morning because he said two words to me, two words that he let me know is the answer, the answer for the whole world. I wish more than anything, Obama, President Obama was looking at the internet this morning I wish the Council of American Churches was listening. I wish the Baptists, the Methodists, the Church of God. I wish the Independents, I, I wish all of them would tune in this morning to what God told me. Because I'm here to tell you, you've come by this house this morning and you're going to get the answer for the entire world's situation. God told me. You know what He said? He said, Preacher, what they need is two words spoken to me, and he said, They need to see me. See me. Not a church, not a preacher, not a teacher. Not a ministry, not a style, not old ways or new ways, none of those things. I mean, come on, we've been doing that for a long time and it didn't work 50 years ago to be the answer and it ain't working today with the new modern stuff. It ain't the answer because none of that is the answer. It isn't about your style, your preference, whether you wear a suit or you wear a gown, whatever it is. It isn't about those things. It's about seeing Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise you, Lord. We honor you, Jesus. The cry of my heart, Jesus, is that they will not see me, that we will not see a choir, we will not see a pastor of worship, that we won't see a human being. My cry, my heart before him in this prayer watch and in our fast, he has shown me clearly. They must see him. See me, he said. I felt when I left here yesterday morning, I felt like I had the answer to all the problems in the whole world. Vote for me for president, vote for me for senator, For General Overseer, because I got the answer. If we'll look like him, act like him, walk like him, talk like him, sing like him, preach like him. If we'll let him be this pulpit. If we'll let him be the song. If we'll let him be our ministry. If we'll let him be our credential. If we'll let him be our glory. If we'll let him be our glory. And the lost and the hurting and the dying, they'll come running. They'll come running because they're not running to a church. They're running to Jesus. And when they know he's real, when they know he is powerful and mighty, when they know he is who he is, the Greeks said to Philip in the Bible, he said in Hebrews, they talked about it. He said, oh, we would see Jesus. That's the answer. That's the answer. When you sing, they need to see Jesus, not Peggy. They need to see Jesus, not you. When you you preach, they need to see Jesus, not how good you are. When you pray, when you minister, it ought to be about becoming more and more like him. I've entitled the message this morning, See Me, See the Father. I want you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word, found in John chapter 14. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Acapella, just the choir, sing it. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the way. Sing it, congregation, just the voices. Jesus is the answer for the world today. And where I go, you know the way. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father And it is sufficient for us. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? I want you to say that line with me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Say it again. He who has seen me has seen the Father. Lord, we ask you to speak to us today by your Holy Spirit. I pray that as I speak, they will see you. Your words, your will... Your message. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. My question was Is there an answer for the whole world? Is there one answer? Now, the church has tried to answer the questions of God, theology, faith the church has tried for generations to answer the questions through doctrines and religions and churches of different faiths we've tried to answer those questions through all kinds of different philosophies and interpretations in the word we have answered it through the Lutherans and the Methodists and the Presbyterians and the Catholics and the the Episcopalians and we've tried to answer it through all of those different avenues church of God, first church of God, second church of God, third church of God, assemblies of God we've tried church of Christ, we've tried them all everybody's got an answer the world watches us as we're defensive argumentative Debate. We sit in our pews in our closed up churches and we're all supposedly serving the same God. We lock ourselves away from the world. We want nothing to do with the the evil, the sin that's out there. And we call ourselves the church. We talk church growth. We debate. We fight. Churches fuss. Over style, preference, clothes, tradition or contemporary, hymns or praise and worship. And the world sits back and watches us. they don't want any part. They don't want any part. You sit back and you fuss. You argue and you're defensive. You're right and everybody else is wrong. Come to our church. Don't go to that church. We got the we're free. They're bound. And the world watches. Dying, hurting, killing, angry, sinful. And they find no answer. They find no answer. You you mean if I put on a suit, then I'm gonna go to heaven. You mean if I sing a certain style or, or, I, or I get out, whether it's, you know, with some people like, man, you can't, you can't get a hold of God unless you're out there, man, in your jeans and T-shirts covered up in your chains. You can't worship God. You're not like those bound-up people over there. I'm like, really? Statistics prove there are just as many drug addicts and alcoholics and divorces and suicides and problems among those folks as there are anyone else because that's not the answer. It's not found in all of that stuff. It's not found in all of that. That works against the kingdom of God. Hear me. You probably have voted me out after today. That works against the kingdom of God. Now, I'm not talking about a holy living. I'm not talking about righteousness. I'm not talking about a standard of righteousness that should be alive in every person who claims the the work of God in their life. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the stuff. The stuff that don't matter. But it does. (sighs) Sorry. It don't matter. And I feel the Holy Ghost all the way to my feet. That makes me bold as a lion. What he showed me was that all the... what, What does the Bible say in Matthew? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness then all of these other things will be added to you. But we seek all the things. And somewhere in the shuffle, Jesus has been lost. Do you hear me? Jesus has been lost amongst our committees, and our busyness, our ministry. Even amongst our worship, he's he's lost in all of that. But he shared with me yesterday, he says, oh, the church that I built, it's for those who have seen me. It's for those who know who I am, that I'm the rock. That I'm the fortress, that I'm the religion, that I'm the worship, that I'm the preaching, and I'm the singing, and I'm the teaching. If they would just see me, that is the church that I build upon, a rock that cannot be destroyed, even if the gates of hell push against it. The indestructible church. That's the church of Jesus. Where there is no hierarchy. There is no positions that favor over one another. It's a church where the ground is level with the cross and we are all equal sinners saved by grace. What's the answer to winning souls? Just sifting through the prejudices and the denominations and all of the things that, tr- that threaten to rip away the faith. I-, I-, I see and hear the arguments. I hear them. I talk to young people and, and I talk to older folks who have left the church and They've seen so much hypocrisy and they've seen so much garbage. They've seen so much junk that they're tired of it. They don't want what you've got. They don't want any part of it. And they have cursed the church and rebelled against God. And when they begin to talk about their hurts, and they begin to talk about the things that ripped them from their faith, I, I, my first reaction is to always become defensive until I just stop for a second and really listen. And find out that they did do that to you. They did hurt you. They did gossip about you. They did. They did talk about you. and Excommunicate you and blacklist you they did judge you and my heart is hurt and I take that to Jesus in this altar and I said, God, I'm the pastor, what's the answer? He said, see me, see me, the church, the people, that will see me, that will be the church that pleases God and that wins the lost. That will be the church that is built on the rock. We have celebrity preachers and super mega ministries and churches. We have mega star recording artists. I, I so wanted to bring one of my very favorite Praise and worship artists that has CDs and they travel and they're on tours, and I won't call their name because it's irrelevant because they're all like this. But I called their office and called and talked and actually talked to the artist myself. And I was like, I want you to come to Stratford Heights. 1045. It'll be awesome. And I saw it and I thought, this will be great all the people will think I am super pastor. I'm bringing this artist in. It would be fantastic. I want him. I, what do we got to do to get you here? And he said, hold on. And another lady got on the phone and she said, hi, can I help you? Yeah, I'm, I'm looking to bring this guy in. I, I'd really love for him to come. My sister, Lori, knows him. They went to school together. Uh, Could we maybe get a connection in there, a discount maybe? Well, well, that will be, is it a one-hour service? Yes. That will be $10,000. I said, do I get the senior citizen's discount? (laughs) Well, if you would like him to only come and use CD music, from an mp3 player, if you would like that, then it would be 6,000. And I was like, thank you. (laughs) We've got. We want their autographs. It's our fault. It's our fault. We want their autographs. We want their pictures. We want their tour shirts. We want their keychains. I saw a young lady on Instagram the other day standing next to a super mega pastor. And she was standing there like a giddy schoolgirl, just smiling. And she put in the caption there, He touched my shoulder. And it broke my heart. There ain't nothing in this. Jesus is the answer. Oh, for the captions of our lives and our photos and our Instagrams, our testimonies to once again declare he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, joy that filled my soul, something happened, and now I know He touched me and made me whole. Lift your hand and praise him this morning. Lift your hand to him. If we'll just get a glimpse again of Jesus, it'll change everything. If we'll look beyond the physical, we're, all, we're looking to the church with our physical eyes. We're looking to testimonies with physical eyes. We're looking to people around us with physical eyes. But if we'll, like Peter, if we'll stand there saying, oh, who do men say that you are? I know you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You are the one that we love. You're the one that gave your life for us you're the one that builds the church our eternal salvation is not found in any other foundation but one the cornerstone the chief cornerstone his name is jesus christ it's not found in a doctrine it's not found in sacrament it's not found in religious duty it's found at the foot of an old-fashioned cross it's found at the very feet of jesus As we recognize and we know that he gave his life for us, it makes a difference and a change in our life. We'll see spiritually when Peter jumped up and said that, Jesus looked at him. Jesus had already opened up the the discourse. He said, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Elias. Some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you're this prophet and that prophet. And Jesus said, but who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Ghost, stood up and said, you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus was so excited, he couldn't hardly stand himself. I'm sure Jesus jumped up right there next to him and said, Simon Barjona, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. But my Father, which is in heaven, has given that to you. It's seeing with spiritual eyes. God wants to give you a revelation. God wants to turn you upside down. God wants to make your faith so strong and mighty in your life that everywhere you go, you'll be anointed. You'll, you'll, your words will have the weight of heaven. You're, you'll feel and sense the power of the angel standing beside you everywhere you'll go. You say, oh, well, you know, I'm not Jesus. You know, you're not yet, but you're going to look just like him when he's done. You're going to act like him and talk like him. You're going to live like him. You're going to sing like him. You're going to preach like him. You're going to teach like him. You're going to coach like him. Every part of us, he wants all of it. And if they see him, they'll see the Father and they'll know the answer people are running from the church because they see nothing but people. They got their eyes on people. You're just as wrong if you got your eyes on people as you are the people that are all wrong. You've got, We've got it all wrong. The church is being built on false foundations. But if we, through this prayer and through this fast, will surrender ourselves completely and allow him. Paul said that I would decrease so that he might increase. If we'll empty out and let him fill us up, I'm telling you, we're going to have something to shout about. We're Have something to sing about. God's going to add to the church thousands every day that like should be saved, and we're going to feed. We're going to see the power of the Lord in the church, like He intended. The church won't be focused on the church anymore. The church won't be focused on its talents anymore. The church won't be focused on its positions anymore. The church won't be focused on its pat on the backs anymore. It won't need so much. Some of us were so needy. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me. All that really matters is that we see Him. When we see Him, we see the Father. Ask the woman at the well if it makes a difference to see Him as more than just a man. Ask the woman at the well. Ask the demonic young man in the Gadarenes. Ask the woman who pressed through the crowd, got down on the ground to where she could find the hem of his garment. Ask her if it makes a difference when you really see him. The blind man at the temple, the Samaritan leper, the man at the pool of Bethesda. Ask them if it makes a difference just seeing him as the Messiah, the teacher, the rabbi. Or seeing him spiritually as the son of God. Ask Simon Peter. But you can also ask Brian Little. You can ask Cameron Jones. Marty. You can ask little Crystal, your little sister. She's seen him in a powerful way. Elaine has seen him. Didn't it make a difference, Elaine? Elaine? made a difference when you saw him changed everything when you saw him through the eyes of faith turned everything around turned your life upside down people in the world and people in the church are spiritually blind and that's the problem with the church today but thank God is shaking our foundation Thank God, see this isn't a negative message, it's actually a good message. We're not just walking around blindly dumb to it all. He's actually opening up our eyes. The scales are falling off our eyes. And now when we sing, we wanna sing, God is here. He's taking the scales down off our eyes and we're wanting to worship and we're wanting to come and pray. I was so thrilled, yesterday over 40 young people gathered all over this altar and prayed together in the prayer watch yesterday. I thought that was amazing and beautiful. Over a hundred or so came all together. And then there were other, probably another hundred were at the house that couldn't come, that prayed. I'm so thankful for the prayer that went on. That's why today is an affecting, effectual service. That's why things are happening and you're gonna leave out of here and many of you have had testimonies already that God has touched you. That's where the comfort's gonna come when you head to the cemetery in a few days. That's where it's gonna come. You see, if we're left to ourselves, we're of most men miserable. We're, we're out without hope in a horrible, evil world. But if we truly understand who he really is, if we see him beyond, this this life you know I look out there and I see the, the sun and it's beautiful and I've seen some sunsets that are amazing boy these these fleshly eyes they're pretty good God did a really good job with them because I can see a sunset on the ocean and I look at that and take a picture of it and I am amazed at it well that's 93 million miles away these eyes are pretty good sometimes they need a little clarification but they're good 93 million miles away, and I can tell you every color in the sky. I can look at the stars at night, and I can see them glistening and sparkling, and I think, boy, these fleshly eyes are pretty good. See, we've come to depend on them so much that that's all we see. But the scientists tell me that beyond that 93 million miles, that sun is another sun, and another sun, and thousands of other suns, millions of other galaxies that are all out there in the universe. It's bigger than you and I. But guess what? Through the eyes of faith, I know that. Through the eyes of faith, I, I, I trust that. And I see it, I see beyond the flesh. If I trust only in my flesh, I'll be like Christopher Columbus and think the world is flat. And if you go out to the horizon, you're going to die. It's flat and you fall off the end of the earth if you go out there. But the eyes of faith says, no, there's another shore. There's another beach. There's another place beyond what I see. That's as simple as it is. Seeing Jesus. Understanding and knowing that in the flesh I see his church, that if I'll open up my spiritual eyes, I'll look beyond you. To what is in you and inside you is the son of the living God. And that makes me, uh, that makes it different for me. Because then I can look you in the eye and have a conversation with you and say, ooh, wasn't our hearts burning within us as we talked along the way? Oh, isn't it amazing when you get with Liz? Liz is one of those people, man, you're with her five minutes. And you if you don't feel good about life and everything under the sun, you are dead. That woman is positive. She has got grace and love and blessing that pours out of her. She is a wonderful Christian example. As a matter of fact, when I look at Liz Ambergie, I see Jesus. And when I see Jesus, I see heaven. I see a shore beyond this life. And I can trust through my spiritual eyes that there is hope beyond this last breath. I see her in the flesh, but spiritually by faith, I see beyond her that's what we want that's the cry that's the mission that's the goal that's our desire as pastor of this church I'm gonna break my back until every one of us from this side all the way to that side from the young people all the way to our senior adults I'm gonna keep praying I'm gonna keep pounding on heaven's door trying to get us to lay down every hindrance and the weight and the sin that so easily besets us and to run this race with fervor and fire like we've never run it before our 100 years to come better and greater than the 100 that we've just come through i want to be when he comes i want him to have have to tell us to slow down when that trumpet sounds i want us running in the power of God, in our faith, with our spiritual eyes, I want him to have to say, hey, stop. We'll only see him. If we'll only see him. i got to read the scripture I'm going to close. Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. 1 Corinthians 13 and 12. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past by the fathers and by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom he also made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had Himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I'm going to read this scripture and I'm going to show you something in it that you probably have never thought about before. Because we always associate it with Jesus coming to earth and becoming a man and living his life. And it does mean that. But it also says something there that's interesting that tells us about the continual the continual presence of Jesus. Listen, Philippians chapter two and verse five. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant servant and coming in the likeness of men. I read that word, men, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, stop. You see that, preacher? There's more. See through the eyes of faith. See spiritually more in that verse than you think. And coming in the likeness of men, plural. And you would think it was, and coming in the likeness of man, of a man. We would think that's the way, but it says, coming in the likeness of men. And that word plurally means men, women. Coming in the likeness of humanity. That he comes in our likeness. He comes to fill us. He comes to live through us. He comes to literally live out of us isn't it true the bible says that we are living epistles yeah. written and read by men he becomes he literally as we decrease he increases he takes over us as we know him intimately as we become him when i've seen young couples and they're interesting i've, I've counseled I've, I've married well over 200 Couples in the years that I've been a minister. And it's really amazing. When you you watch them in the premarital counseling, they they come in and they're like all about their differences. What they're not going to give up. What they're not going to, you know, you're going to do this. I'm going to do that. Uh Uh-uh. I ain't giving that up. I'm going here. I'm going there. It's fun to watch them. Especially as they get closer and then they start you know, they, they, we go through the marriage ceremony and, and then they've had a few months together, but I've found amazing and I see it over and over and over again. It's especially the ones who were so mm-mm. After six months of marriage, they start talking like each other, looking like each other, acting like each other, finishing each other's sentences and it's really gross. <laughs> Just kidding. I've watched them, how they just, they become one. And it's very beautiful, actually. And as, the reason prayer makes a big difference and fasting makes a big difference is because it puts us in this relationship with the Lord to where we start acting like him, talking like him, finishing his sentences. When I speak, I want you to hear him. When we sing, I want them to hear him. He comes in the likeness of men. He comes in you and me. He comes in the pulpit. He comes in the choir. He comes in the classroom. He comes on the street. He comes in the pew in the likeness of men. We, we, our highest goal, our one mission is to know him. Jeremiah 9 and 23, would you stand with me? Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, let not the mighty man glory in his might, nor let the rich man glory in his riches, but let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. We can't make him known. We can't make him known if we don't know him first. John 17 and three, and this is eternal life that that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. So when the Lord spoke to me and he said, here's the answer for the whole world, see me. It was right on, theologically in every way. It was right on, biblically, scripturally. See me. The best you that there is, the best you there is, is the you that looks like him. The you that has become him, the likeness of Christ. Let him change you. Seek him until you talk like him. Keep seeking him. Don't stop. Don't stop at religion. Don't stop at churchy stuff. Don't stop at sacrament, even. Don't stop at ministry. Don't stop there. Keep going until you look like him, talk like him, act like him, live like him. Keep going. Don't settle for half, don't settle for just enough. Don't stop. Keep going until when you walk into a room. I'm not picking on you, I wouldn't embarrass you for the world, but when I saw that picture on Twitter last night that went all over the whole country of you standing there with those guys praying, I had already finished my message and I said, there's Jesus. It's Jesus. There's Jesus. There, there he is. Albert came in here yesterday after prayer. We were done standing in the lobby. And he was just weeping. He said, Pastor, I have to tell you something. He said, when I got out of the car, I wasn't even in the building yet. I got out of the car. Said I was overwhelmed by the presence of God. He started weeping, I started weeping. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. He can do that. He can fill this place up one person after another that gets full RJ, one after the other, until this becomes the Church of Jesus. Until this becomes the place that when the hurting and the rebellious and the sinful, when they're looking for an answer and they want to find the truth, they literally come running because they see him. We can't do anything about the people throughout our 100 years who have been offended and hurt, gossiped about, tore apart. We can't do anything about them. And I wish I could stand up and say, We didn't have any of that at our church. But we're guilty. But one thing we can do, we can say starting from this moment forward, Jesus, you have it all. You have me. You have me. You have this pulpit. You know what I want to do. I want to take this pulpit right now and put it in the altar. I want to take you, some of you by the hand and bring you to the altar. I want to take this keyboard and put it in the altar. I want to take a drum and put it in the altar. I want to take a choir member and put him in the altar. I want to run Gary down there and take his whole, his whole little, whatever this is. I want us as a church our greatest days are ahead. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. The trumpet's gonna sound, Brother Barnett. The trumpet's gonna sound any minute now. And when it does, you're gonna thank me. You know, I left out at 8:30 and I went to my office and sat down, and I was like, I, just, I, I always why can't I get like this fluffy message? Why can't I get like a good sugary message? I wanna preach the ones that make everybody go, woo! I'm like, God. But I feel in my heart you're going to thank me. It may not be, be Jeff, that people right now are going, huh, that guy, all oh, he ever does, stamp on my toes. Don't let it happen, young people. Don't listen to that. I just want us to be in a place where we're so stinking real that God packs this place out with hungry, hungry people and that people that would hold their head down and not feel like they could come in and sit by you would start to feel comfortable and say, I can sit by Sister Ruth, I can sit by that person, that person, I can go back and sit by Lester, I can sit by him they would feel that there's an answer here and that Jesus is here. Amen? With every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to ask you right now, if you need Jesus, this is your day. This is what you've come for. I want, we're going to pray in just a few moments. And a prayer doesn't mean anything. If it doesn't come from your heart, it's worthless. It's just words. But if you're ready to make a decision about giving Christ your all, then today is your day. And you're here right now, and I know I've went over, and we're going to close right here in a few minutes. But listen, the most important decision you'll ever make in your whole life is fixing to take place right now. So we're okay to wait on you. We want want you to make the decision for your life to accept Christ. I'm telling you, people will not make a difference. A church will not make the difference in your life, but He will. He will make a huge transformation happen in your life. Are you here today and you need Christ? If you are, would you slip your hand up and write back down? God bless you, sir. Anyone else? God bless you. Anyone else? I need to pray a prayer. I need to accept Christ. I'm like, God bless you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I need to accept Jesus. I want to get things right in my life. Several have already lifted their hand. Is there anyone else? One more. Is there anyone else? You're thinking about it. You've been contemplating it. You're not sure, but but you know it's the right decision. It's why you came today. Are you here? All right. I'm gonna ask you right where you are. Everybody look at me. I'm gonna ask you as a church to, to join together with me. I love you with all my heart. There isn't a person in this building. I feel so free, right? I mean, there is not a person in this building. I'll look at all your faces. There's not one of you that I don't love with all my heart. And during this time, when I'm your pastor, I mean, I've already been here long enough to know that us preachers, we come and go. There'll be a day when you won't have to put up with me anymore. But while we're together, I want you to know I love you. I support you, and I want you to know That we're in this thing together. Because what I found out is all of those things, young people, all those things, whether it's it's the the jeans and the t-shirts or the suits or the styles or the preferences or the church growth classes or the conferences or the speakers and the preachers, all those things are good. They're good as long as they're kept in, in the right, you know, kind of kept in the right priority. It's just that we don't focus on those things. And we do want to focus on righteous living and living a godly life. And we want to teach and disciple our people. These are important things. I'm not saying none of those things are not important. They're very important. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm the guy that will always wear a suit, even though it's wet. I like that. That's me. But you wear a sweatshirt and jeans. How dare you? No, no you're, you're good. I'm, not, I'm just not worried about it. But what's important is that we keep our focus. We keep our focus on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, author and finisher of our faith. And if we keep our eyes on Christ, then he'll work all those other things out. He'll, he'll fix us. If I, if, I, if I need fixing, he'll fix me. But if we'll keep our eyes on him, that's the answer for us all. It'll turn this place into a place of rescue for people who are lost. Amen? Amen? We're going to pray this prayer. As we pray this prayer, I'm going to ask you to join me in seeking God until we look just like Him. Till we look just like Him. How many think that's a good idea? That's the challenge for our church. So we're going to pray right now for these that have lifted their hand. This, this is the greatest decision you will ever make. I want you to get plugged in. Melissa Gral, right here is our discipleship pastor. She's got a booth in the lobby. As soon as church is over, I want you to go by there and pick up some free materials. Yes, free. Give you a Bible if you don't have one. She'll give it to you. They don't take blood or a credit card. It's all free. Please go by, talk with her, make a connection with her. All she wants to do in the whole world is help you get established. She's going to give you what you need to get started. We're set up to help you beyond this prayer. So we're going to pray right now, and as we do, understand this prayed from your heart means heaven's paying attention, and Jesus is taking your life, and he's going to become you. He's going to become you. As you decrease, he increases in you, and then you are going to be the answer for the world. The world's going to look at you and know that God's real. Woo, that sounds good. That's positive, isn't it? Let's pray together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I proclaim you are Lord. Be Lord over my life. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. According to your word, if I believe this in my heart, and I confess it with my mouth, which I do today, today. then according to that word, word, I'm born again. I'm saved saved. right now. now. In Jesus' name, name. amen. 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 Praise God. Praise the Lord. God wants to take this church from having a revelation to being a revelation of Jesus Christ. That's our last line. He wants to take this church from having a revelation to being a revelation. I wanna pray for you right now. Father, I pray in our closing prayer that you will touch every family that's here today. Let your work be accomplished in their lives they've come to your house lord looking for answers looking for needs to be met i pray that your power will go with them that lord you'll favor them go before them i pray your blessings over them i pray that you will bring to them great revelation of your work in their lives and that god the answer is the same for every situation that's here today as we seek you as we seek to become you as we seek lord your presence in our lives there lies the answer to every problem touch us today afresh and brand new and lead us god as we come back together tonight for our our prayer service i pray the lord you will touch needs and bring miracles into this house touch us together as we are coming with an intention to pray we thank you for this lord in the name of jesus christ forever amen amen god bless you
0: for the world today.